1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And
0: away we go. The first one of these should be fun. What's happening, everybody? Good to be with you. Jeff Cameron Show Interactive Hour, which, by the way, this will be it. This is the place on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock that Tom and I will gather and Talk with you guys, answer questions, generally have some fun, kind of shoot the breeze and kind of figure it all out, I guess, at the midway point of the week. We want to thank our friends at The Battles End for sponsoring said interactive hour. You see their logo on the screen. You also see the website address, thebattlesend.com. Make sure you go there. Get signed up. Uh, After all, whatever it is we can do to help them help Florida State, It's a good thing. We know that because this is a Florida State team that enters the season with upwards of 12 to 13 guys that are going to get drafted. You talk to the NFL scouts, Tom, that come to the practices that we're able to be at. I've talked to one from New England, one from Seattle. I talked to a guy from Baltimore. Uh, They're very impressed with Florida State's roster. That's something that comes back over and over again. There's one guy in particular, I don't want to name names, who said that uh, the turnaround of Florida State's talent on this roster, the raising of the floor of talent on this roster, and what he described from two years ago when he was here is nothing short of astonishing. And I think that's right. I think that's correct. I think that uh, it's kind of cool when you looked at the depth chart released this week where you could see player for player. I don't know if you did this, Tom, when we were talking about it on the air, but As we did it, I'd go through and I'd be like, that's an NFL player. That's an NFL player. He'll get an invite to camp. There's a guy that's probably drafted in the fifth or sixth round. There's a second rounder. There's a possible first rounder, depending on this season goes. This guy's a third rounder. You know, like we weren't doing that a couple of years ago. So. Right out the gates, it was fun and exciting to kind of talk about the revamped roster and take a look at what we have. Before we get going tonight, glad you're back safely, Tom, from Pensacola. Obviously, we anchored in here in Tallahassee. Very fortunate my house. uh, Really no problems to speak of. I know that's not the case for everybody. Tallahassee dodged a bullet. This thing banked east in a hurry, but my heart goes out to those people. Uh, in Perry and obviously Cedar Key and those areas that have had a lot of flooding and a lot of property damage. So if you're watching us from anywhere in the state that's been damaged and you've had any issue of some kind, our heart bleeds for you guys. Uh, hang in there. Uh, thanks for joining us and be safe. But uh, for the most part, I would say those of us in Tallahassee uh, dodged a bullet. and I'm thankful
1: yeah, we did. Uh, you know today when I got home, I saw that there was debris all over the property. I had to clean up a whole bunch of stuff still got a lot more to do in the morning, but you know what? this is a problem that if you asked me yesterday if you all you had to do was just clean up a bunch of branches and leaves, what would you do i I would do a backflip if I was physically capable of doing it. so uh, we're very lucky here but you don't want to be pounding your chest about being lucky because our neighbors not that far to the east We're not as fortunate. And uh, I'm very close to the interstate on the east side of town. Mile marker 209 is my exit. You go about 25 miles east, man, and, and the game changes. So uh, to all those out there, if you found a way to get a generator or power and you're watching, uh, we appreciate you. And maybe we can distract you for an hour. We hope to do just that.
0: Uh, really quickly. Uh, I see you in there, Ed. Uh, yeah, Tom, you could have swung in there and at the very least picked up some DeLuna coffee for me. Uh, <laughs> I know it was an invite uh, from Ed to you, but I'm trying to parlay that into something that I benefit from. Uh, that's as fair. A, um, as that's, a big time coffee drinker.
1: That's as on brand as DeLuna's deliciousness as a coffee. Mm-hmm. It's very on brand. So, Well done. Uh, I got in late last night and then once I saw that we got lucky, you know, I think like a lot of people who are living in this town, you were locked in on the local television. I found a way to a channel uh, that was broadcast here in Tallahassee around four in the morning and I watched very closely. And then once power was restored early in the afternoon, I just got in the car and I went. So short time out there and happy to be back.
0: Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, I think it's the uh, tomorrow we'll be back at it. Obviously, we'll have an opportunity to, um, you know, kind of talk on the Jeff Cameron show one to three tomorrow uh, as we want to do. It's a redemption Thursday tomorrow. We'll have I'll have my wagers. In fact, before I came on tonight here at seven with you, I was perusing the betting slips. I was taking a good long look at what I wanted to uh, to get down uh, before the uh, weekend is at hand. It's cool to know that tomorrow when we go about our lives and kind of ease back into this, and build towards this game against LSU and travel towards Orlando. That you got a great game tomorrow night. Uh, yep. Although I will say it, it, it bums me to know. In it does sound like maybe Utah will be without the services of Cam Rising, their starting quarterback. That certainly changes things. Um, me a little bit frustrated, but you know, here we are.
1: Well, if they find a way to lose that football game, then you know, obviously that that's even more disappointing for Florida. Because how is it? How is it, Florida, that you get the yeah. gift of a lifetime that uh, Utah's got to go to? a second or third string quarterback, and then also they've got to have a gimmick quarterback to have, you know, the dual threat element. I saw that, that was the latest report that they might play two guys, one primary passer and then one dual threat. You lose that game, Florida. I mean, what the hell? What the hell? So the pressure's still on Florida, I say.
0: Um, James B. early in the conversation here said, uh, Jeff, you've had your finger on the pulse of this program for a very long time. With that being said, do you have any sense of braggadocious or overconfidence exuding from this team? No, no. Uh, thanks for the question, James B. Also, uh, Renee, thanks a lot for wishing us all well. And I'm going to go uh, – <laughs> <laughs> lfg cameron uh, we were 30 seconds late guys <laughs> 30 seconds and we were just fixing some stuff he
1: was he was celebrating he put that in at 5 30 that was uh, 90 so, minutes ahead of so he saw the announcement and he was yeah. just fire the hell up was k no,
0: well he he came out and saw us uh for the listener appreciation party and we i appreciate that i sat down and had a beer with he and a friend uh his friend's name is shock It's a pretty cool oh. name his name is shock i um, hope
1: he's a tampa bay lightning fan
0: By the way, he played uh, just after me at East Tennessee State. So we had a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, So that, all right, let's let's get to the question that James B. asked. Uh, I I like you're alluding to the fact that I'm old, James B., uh, in regards to my finger on the pulse of this program for a very long time. They do not seem that way to me, Tom. I don't sense that. I think they seem like a team that's really intensely focused. I think they look like a team that's about business. Yeah. Uh, I think they recognize, frankly, that they have a hell of an opportunity here uh, and that they have a lot of good players. You got a lot of guys that, uh, you know, understand this is it. This is their last chance to, uh, to make a go and make a run of anything here. And some guys that have been, um, you know, in some unfortunate sets of circumstances, either at the previous school they were at, where yeah. it didn't work out for one reason or another, or when they first arrived here, buying into what this program was you know trying to become, and what Mike Norvell needed them to believe in. um they've had you know a, a lot of work to put in and a lot of tough times. They've been on the wrong end of a lot of results. Now, last year, they got a taste of what it feels like to have a successful season but even that season is not to the standard of greatness that Florida state aspires to. It's just, it's certainly far removed from the failures of the previous couple of seasons, but it's, it's still just a step towards what they ultimately want to do, which is, I, you know, they want to play in the college football playoff and have a shot at a national title. So I don't, I don't, I don't sense any braggadocio. I, sense, I, I sense confidence and focus.
1: Yeah. I think what, what James B is alluding to is the public quotes that Johnny Wilson, Trey Benson and Jared verse have made in various interviews that they've done. Two of yeah. them were on pro football focus. And then Jared verse, I think it might've been CBS. It was a national outlet, whatever it was. And they're talking about how, you know, they want to prove that Florida state is, you know, one of the best teams in the country, where they think that, you know, um, People are in for a wake-up call, like aggressive language like that. And, and so I guess when you pile up two and three players, front-facing players that are saying strong things akin to uh, – who was it? One of the defensive backs a few years ago said just turn on the TVs, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. I think yeah. Maybe we're scarred from the last five years where we talk tough and then we didn't play tough. I think that might be the genesis of the question there. But, you know, do you take – Jared verse or Trey Benson or Johnny Wilson speaking to a national outlet with their chest out as a sign. Like, I, does that change the math for you at all? that They're going into the national press and saying strong things about what they expect Florida state to be.
0: Not really. I I, I, I just think that they have worked real hard and they believe in themselves. And when you're asked a question about what you think the team is or what you are, they're not bashful about saying they think they're good, but I don't, I don't okay. think it's the same sort. You know, a lot of times I've, I've figured out over the years that people that go out of their way to tell you, um, that they're going to be good or you just wait. If they're going out of their way, as opposed to being asked, if they're going out of their way, a lot of times that is a false front. That's a paper tiger. That is false bravado. It's the kind of stuff where you go, Hmm, uh, they have not done that. They have also not shied away from very lofty expectations. They've also not shied away when asked about other players, teammates, for example, if they think you can play, they'll tell the interviewer or the, the person asking the question, you know, what are your thoughts? So, say Jared Verse were to be asked about, you know, Trey Benson or an offensive lineman that he goes up against. If he thinks the kid can play, he's going to tell you can play. He'll tell you he's a dog. He works hard. He's strong. He's had great practices. I expect him to have a great year. Um, some guys, they're so high on that they just can't wait for the country to get a glimpse of their talents. But it's not, It's not like, hey, there's a mic. I'm going to go over there and tell everybody uh, about how much ass we're going to stomp this week, this year. You know, that's not what you're seeing. And there are people who do that. There are teams who do that. There are players who do that. But not. I don't think that's this team. It hasn't been so far.
1: No, look. I I think you're allowed to speak confidently when you know you've put in the work. It's like anything else. You know, Uh, I'm not saying that this team is one of the all-time great Florida State teams just yet. They have. They have to prove that. It's within their capability to have one of the all-time great seasons if you're just looking at wins versus losses. They could do that. But if you're Tiger Woods and you know how hard you work and you get to the podium and you say, I'm a really good player, watch this, or I'm a really good player, I expect to play very well and for everybody to see an excellent performance this weekend at the Masters, yeah, man, you worked your butt off. Now, if you didn't actually drill by drill day by day in camp, take it seriously, then I would see it as a red flag. But because they work so hard, this group in practice is a joy, I'm sure, for this coaching staff. I don't know that it's ever going to be like this again. I said that last year because every year that the team takes on a bit of a different personality. I wondered, you know, with so many guys being retained and talking about Maybe how much it took to have them retain the battlesend.com you wonder if there would have been perhaps a sense of entitlement that creeps in with Nil and and a lot of Nil. I haven't seen that one day in camp, not one day. so if you're about the work, then you can be about the words I think
0: they have a depth of talent that would allow them to to run guys off that are that way. you know in the past maybe you would yeah. put up with more from a guy that is of a different level talent. And you didn't really have an excess of that on the roster, but they do now. They do now. So if there's a guy, I don't want to, I'm not going to specifically say anybody, but if there's a guy that was acting that way in almost every segment group, you would say, well, we can live without that guy. If he's going to be a problem in the locker room, if he's going to create problems for a team that doesn't have any. You could you could move along from them. So I don't really, yeah, I don't see it either. Uh K Borkudi writes, uh, Jeff, do you remember the man cave shows during the 2013 season, specifically the ones before Florida and Miami? Do you feel similar confidence to trash talk those teams this year with the 23 squad? I do. Uh I do remember the 2013 uh trash talking Bonanza that we went on during the man cave shows. And I certainly uh, professed that we were going to lay the wood to, uh, Miami and Florida. And, uh, and frankly, didn't even play all that well in those two games, the Miami game, we didn't play all that well at all. And we no. stomp them and that, that game was never close. And yet we played poorly. That's how much better we were than Miami. They did play well against Florida once, um, they recognized the refs were going to let him be physical. And then we just started yeah. throwing people around. Uh, and that game got out of hand down in the swamp pretty, pretty quickly.
1: I, I think you could argue in terms of performance that that was Florida state's worst in, in the 12 game season, Miami game, it's Miami. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that it was worse than Boston college, Boston college. They just didn't have their scheme down the personnel in the right places on defense, but the offense balled that day. Uh, I think that Miami performance is probably the worst and and you dropped 40 on them. I wonder if this offense can, can be that good. It's where you say, eh, that's kind of an okay day, nothing special. And they still drop 38, 41 or more. Oh,
0: that, that is, they are 100% that kind of offense. I I really believe that. I don't think that of the defense necessarily, but I do think that of the offense, I think with this schedule, they're going to have some days where they don't look crisp and they're still going to win by 30. Um, There's going to be some games, uh, you know, look, Syracuse and teams like that. I'm sorry, uh, they they may play uh, a poor brand of football that day and go through the motions, and I think they'll win by four scores. Uh, so I do think that, as specifically to Florida and Miami, this is kind of interesting on the eve that Florida plays Utah. We'll see what they are. Obviously, what we've seen of Mertz is that they're he, you know, they they don't have a quarterback. Although some people are trying to point to times where a guy leaves a place and has a huge ascension in his game. Um I guess maybe I mean we'll see. I, I I don't I never saw it at Wisconsin, so I maybe maybe it's in there. I I just will say that I think there's they've got some uh good players. Florida has some good players still left over. Um but I don't think it's enough for that game at the end of the year to be all that close. But I'm not worried about it. We got a long time between now and then. Uh and and oddly the Miami game is at a weird time this year too. So Plenty of time I, to find out what those two programs
1: are. I like where the Miami game is because usually November they've kind of checked out and, and until further notice, I expect that there's going to be some kind of discord within the ranks by the time you get to whatever game that is nine or 10 on the schedule uh, with Florida, they better be able to run the ball. That's it. If they can't run the ball effectively this year, then they're in deep, deep trouble. But if they can, then you can hide Mertz and you can you know, do enough play action wise uh, to be competitive enough to win seven or eight games, but that's what it's going to take.
0: Tim wrote down here, this made me smile. This was before we came on at seven, but he wrote, I have been a Knowles fan since 1979. Tom was uh, seven years removed from being born. That's correct. Uh, I, however, was watching the Pirates win the World Series against the Baltimore Orioles, and Willie Stargell was leading the way, and I remember it well. Anyhow, to the rest of Tim's question, uh, it's not a question, just an observation. I saw them for the first time in Tampa against Arizona State that year and fell in love with them. Never been so excited and nervous. That's awesome, Tim. You know, it's funny. I love meeting people that have memories that go back that far and, and games that go back that far. My dad went to the '79 game in, in Tampa against Arizona State, <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of fun to to think back on that. Um, and I and I will say, um, when you go through the tough times that Florida State's gone through uh, in the last several years prior to last season one of the things that I always like is when they get it back together and they become that program that puts themselves in a position to, to win a championship or to compete for one, or certainly be amongst the top 10 teams and playing football in the country. I always feel good for those people that have been in it for the long haul. You know, the people that have endured, you know, uh, I was happiest when we won our third national title for Tom, uh, who had become a dear friend of mine. And, and, uh, had become a producer and, and, and we had you know been working hard together and, and getting to know each other better. And he had gone through the lost decade. And of course I was fortunate enough to be in school in the early nineties here. And then to, to jump on board covering the team by the time we got to the late nineties. So all I saw in the nineties uh, was a whole bunch of ass kicking uh, and, and us doing the ass kicking uh, to where every day you kind of thought about, is this team good enough to win a national championship? If not, you know, they're a top five team. That's all they, that's all they were. They were a perennial, quite literally perennial, top 10, top five team. So, uh, you know, when when we finally went through that lost decade, I felt best for those who had gone and endured that. And that's what they knew of their undergrad. And then finally, they got a chance to see a team be what I saw them to be for all those years.
1: Yeah, I, I would say to tie into Tim's observation too, in terms of nerves, you know, it's all laughs by the second quarter of that game against Clemson, but I remember being so nervous before that kickoff. Just because you knew, I mean, there are only two teams that got to dance for the title in those days. This is kind of it, man. You better win this one because it builds the resume. Clemson had beaten Georgia the opening weekend. That's when they fell in love, especially with the buses and the, you know, the running down the hill and all that. Todd Gurley went off in that game, I do believe, but Clemson ended up winning it. So that helped set the stage for Florida State and Clemson to be a game-day primetime setting. That was also uh, Lee Corso versus Bill Murray, I want to say. Oh, it's the best
0: one ever, where he picks him up and slams him, yeah.
1: He about killed him. Um, That that could have been a crime (laughs) in a different setting, uh, in a tailgate lot. Uh, But I just remember being so nervous before that kickoff, Because I I wanted it. You know, I just wanted to see it with my own eyes. I remember watching it on ABC and Brent Musburger and Keith Jackson calling the games uh, when I was a kid and an old fan. But I just wanted to see it with my own eyes. And we got rewarded in a way that I I could never have expected. This is a little bit different. I am nervous for this team. But it's because we get to see so much of practice that I found that I like this team. I want it for them. This ain't for me. In 2013, that was for me. That was for the lost Acadians like Mm me. Now, it's about for them. These guys work really hard. I hope they don't fall short for some stupid reason. You know what I mean? I hope it, if they do stumble, it's because they played really well and somebody just played better on a given day. I, I just want to see this, this group succeed because they've worked very, very hard.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a bit of a complicated answer for me the last few days with people. because And you and I have kind of had to vet through this and work through this about what is a fair assessment of this season and expectation for this team you know on the one hand everything about where they sit currently is because of the consistency that Mike and his staff have coached this team with and the way that they haven't really been all that flummoxed after some times where they could have been but also the reason they're in the position that they're in is that they've gone about this completely unconventionally And so because they've gone about it completely unconventionally, you kind of wonder, you know, how they'll handle getting punched in the mouth. Now, I I think I got a pretty good handle on it, and I think I know what they are. But, you know, you pause a little bit. You ask yourself these questions when you've really never seen a team. The the, the country's never seen a team quite like this. And and what I mean by that is every spot uh, that you look out there, you're pretty much looking out there at a kid that started somewhere else. Um you know and and became an old later on and uh, there there are a few exceptions and and really the most pivotal players on your roster whether it's Jordan Travis or Johnny Wilson or Trey Benson or Keon Coleman certainly on the offense uh in any number of those offensive linemen uh they're all transfers they're all transfers uh but they don't feel like paid assassins they don't feel like mercenaries they feel like guys that love each other and love the program and love what they bought into So it's a weird way to describe them. And I think that's true about, you know, there are very few Kalen Deloches on this team. You know, a guy that has had to endure everything, you know, since (laughs) committing to Florida State.
1: I'm so happy for Maurice Smith if, you know, if they go the distance. Yeah, Yeah.
0: (laughs) it's 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 a weird it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, And I don't I don't think sometimes the national media kind of doesn't know what to do with them. And they're not, you know, they're they don't want to believe that it's possible. And I say they don't want to believe, I don't think that there's a bunch of national media types sitting around going, Well, you just can't convince me Florida State's good. I mean, I, I don't think that. But I think that traditionally, and they're again a non-traditional team this year. I think traditionally teams don't go from five and seven to ten and three to in the college football playoff. But I think this team's poised to do that. I think this team uh, has a very good opportunity. And you're right. I mean, they've got to win one of those two big games of their first four. And if yeah. they do that, they could very well uh, go on to have a special season.
1: Yeah. Agreed. And and to me, I know that I'm, you know, the guy that's pounding the desk talking about playoff or bust. And and I still believe that because of the way the field is set up. It's not just about what Florida state is. It's about the other you know, transitions that the big time programs, the ones that have recruited like gangbusters for the last five cycles are going through that. That's what it's, there's an opening this year. The timing could not be better. And when are you going to be in a situation again, where you have a roster that is this old, not, not to play the Corey Clark hyperbole card, but because of COVID eligibility, I don't think you're ever going to see a roster this experienced again, Florida state loses too much, too many of those players for 2024. And then pretty much COVID eligibility is a wash from that point moving forward. So this is it. You're extremely veteran. You've retained like a monster That's uh, the sponsor has at the bottom of the screen, but they're also really good, and they've gotten better from last year. So every key player that you want back year over year is here again. You've added to it. You've addressed issues of need, defensive line. You've gotten healthier, defensive line, secondary. It's just this is this is a year where I would love to see the result for them, and I am expecting a giant result from them because Clemson is breaking in a brand new quarterback and LSU does seem like while they might be improved and they got it, you know, used to each other, Jaden Daniels and Brian Kelly last year, that camp wasn't smooth. It wasn't as smooth as this one, according to all the reports. So take advantage of the opportunity. This is why you're in the position you're in.
0: I was laughing at this. Uh, You know, people had a run on social media there uh, where they said, tell me your, blank without telling me you're blank and then there would be a picture or something you know. Yeah. Uh telling me tell me you're stealing money without telling me you're stealing money. Uh Urban Meyer's comment about Florida State being a year away. Yeah. Tell me you're stealing money without telling me you're stealing money. Um so obviously Urban is just taking on three's money and not working. Uh that was the comment that he made uh regarding this game. I have no problem with him say picking LSU. I mean you you could pick LSU, lots of people probably are. Vegas has them as a favorite. Yeah, but when you tell me in the next sentence that I still think Florida State's about a year away, well, you you're not paying attention. You haven't. You can't use that logic to apply your prediction here, which means you have no idea what Florida State has on the roster. It means you have no idea what you're talking about. Means you're not trying very hard. You're stealing money. So it's funny, but what are you guys shocked that Urban Meyer revealed himself to be a fraud again?
1: Well, I mean, if he can ignore domestic abuse, he can ignore a lot of things,
0: right. including the roster. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, it, it's it's a asinine thing, but it's it's also pretty much what we knew, uh, what what we know about him. Uh, so let's keep going here. I got I got I I haven't even looked at a uh, the, the other question. Gator Kirk wrote instead of establishing the run first, will FSU switch it up against LSU and use the pass to set up the run? Depends on what LSU wants to take away. Kirk, uh, if 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 they decide they want to take the run away from Florida State and force Jordan Travis and these receivers to beat him, then sure, Florida State will throw the ball. Uh, I kind of think you're <laughs> – we talk about picking your poison. The passing game is a lot riskier uh, than the running game. You know, we all know coaches are fond of saying weird things can happen when you put the ball in the air. Mm-hmm. So – I I think some teams are going to initially choose to try to make Jordan just prove it again, throw the ball, uh, because there's nothing more emasculating or time-consuming than taking a beating when a team's running the ball effectively against you. So now LSU's greatest strength is going to be Jaden Daniels in this offense, I think, yet again this season. And if he's off the field watching Florida State run the ball and eat up clock and wear down their defense, you're achieving two things there that are probably untenable for LSU. So I would think, yeah, they're going to probably try to make Florida State beat him throwing the football.
1: I, I don't know. I'm fascinated by the I way. Too. I mean, pitch. I don't know
0: either. That's a oh. guess. But I, I mean, I know that there's never been a coach that I've talked to or a coach I've ever heard speak. Uh, that can can handle having a team line up and run the ball down their throat. There's nothing worse than that. It's just, is again, a football is the ultimate game of machismo and toughness. And if you can't stop somebody from running the ball when you know it's coming, you are failing a test both physically and mentally, and it says something less than flattering about you.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think what LSU, this is just my guess, What LSU will try to do in the beginning is give support to their corners because they don't trust their corners, and they'll try and play it straight up. You know, so it's it's hat for hat in the box. We're not going to commit anybody extra. That's fair. That's fair. And let's see if we can stop it with just the standard setup, the standard defense. And if we can, let's keep rolling. Great, because now we have support for the outside. Now Florida State's got more weapons than just two receivers on the outside. But then from there, if it's if it is a problem. It actually might work to LSU's strategic benefit. The clock runs this year, except inside of two minutes in each half. I don't know that LSU wants max possessions in this game to go up and down the field, given their defensive weaknesses. So if Florida State does run the ball successfully, at least they're taking more time off of the game clock, shrinking the game, shortening the possessions. And if I'm Brian Kelly, I think I let the play clock roll down a whole lot between snaps, especially if we've got it ticking. And then at that point, you know, now Florida State has to cash in in the red zone with fewer opportunities and that's how I keep this game within touch. A couple of deflected passes, whatever. I, I, I know I'm talking about this like LSU is the underdog and not a two and a half or three point favorite in the game. But I think if Brian Kelly is, is being honest with himself, given the deficiencies they have on defense, he might want to shorten the game and not get into a track meet with us. I think that's how you lose football games this year. And thank you Gator Kirk for the question. I see the seven, five, seven. I see what you're doing there. That's where he hails from. But uh, we appreciate that question because I think we can play this chess game all game long or all all weekend long until kickoff.
0: I don't disagree. Uh Jeff writes, you can say I was pretty much born into it. My dad went to school at Florida State. I grew up watching the great teams of the 80s and 90s. I've seen it all. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh appreciate that as well. Um uh, so yeah, let's um let's say that they try to play it hat for a hat straight up. Let's yeah. look at what Florida State's going to do defensively. Uh yeah. what do you think? What do you think we're going to do to them defensively? Obviously, I think your best bet is always going to be to try to contain Jaden Daniels in the pocket and make him beat you on platform, mm-hmm. make him have to throw in rhythm on time in the passing game um, inaccurately. He's got a lot better as a passer, but I'll take my chances that he can't beat me. Uh, what I don't want is what I fear will happen. Cause they did it to a lot of teams last year. Once Brian Kelly kind of figured out, well, this is just how we're going to have to play. I need to take advantage of this kid's unique gifts as a runner and someone who can obviously elude defenders. And he just really took all of the, uh, all of the barriers off of him and let him go and just really let him. I mean, they encouraged him to take off and make plays. And, and man, LSU did that to a lot of people last year. It was kind of weird to watch Alabama not be able to corral that.
1: Yeah. Um, if you recall last year, it was stunning what Florida State did from a defensive game plan standpoint. They went one high and they played man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we never saw that coming. We thought that they would have safety help both halves of the field and keep everything in front of you because LSU's receivers are just so much better than Florida State's defensive backs. That was the whole pregame scout. Then the game happens and they're on islands. And you're like, holy crap, Fuller's leaving these guys on an island, and they were able to control the running game. Uh, they have, they were successful enough because I think LSU's offense was not flex that, that helps them out. Also, it helps that you hit a receiver in the face mask and he doesn't catch the ball. Kayshaun Butte, I believe we blocked a kick that same possession too. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure about the timing of the game there, but I just couldn't believe how aggressive Florida state was. I think they've got more tools in the bag on defense, you know, the ways that they can scheme up their defensive backs, maybe to keep eyes on Jaden Daniels, but Last year, they, they went completely the opposite of what I expected. So they could do that again. They've gotten better in the secondary, so you could leave them on islands and play you know one high and have Shaheen Brown lurking around uh, the line of scrimmage to account for Jane Daniels, not necessarily as a true spy, but somebody that could convert into one if he sees Jaden taking off. I'm also very interested to see what they do with the defensive line. Do you just play a contain or do you pin your ears back because you know you're really gifted and you try, you try to go get the kid?
0: Time or your money back guaranteed because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With All the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Uh, I'm gonna tell you that I think that I would play sort of a mush and and, uh, and yeah, I'd let him uh throw the ball, I guess, to some extent um it's a tough ask it's a tough ask they do have i just i want them to be violent and stop the run obviously but i will tell you that i think um in terms of obvious passing downs i think you got to be smart about that you got to be smart you know uh, jared verse if you can win that battle out there if they're trying to double you, whatever it is and you can get after them fine but everybody else i'm going to need you to keep your eyes on them let's make him throw
1: this is one place too. just you know, watching what this defensive scheme does, keep an eye. Um, you know, Jared Verse and Braden Fisk can line up pretty much anywhere uh, on either side of the football. I'm talking about Braden Fisk can line up outside or inside, but look for weird combinations of guys next to each other. Of course, yep. And then after the snap, if you if you've got the wherewithal, sometimes it's hard not to watch the receivers or watch the football. But if you have the patience in this game on Sunday night to watch what the defensive line does on say a third and ten, a third and twelve. See what the scheme is. See if they're running twists to confuse Jaden Daniels. Uh, There's a whole lot of ways to create pressure and and make it feel like a blitz, but it's not. Uh, I just I wonder what kind of games Adam Fuller has, because those are the ones that of all the things he schemes up in a given week, I, I find to be the most successful and exotic in football terms, if you will. Uh, where he la- allows those four linemen to line up in all kinds of weird places and, and create weird angles. That's a good way to confuse Jaden Daniels. But I, I I do wonder, because you're better in the interior, you could pin your ears back if you're Braden Fisk or Fabian Lovett and then leave Vers and Peyton out there to collect him. It just They've got options. I want to rapid
0: fire about seven or eight questions so we can make sure we get to a lot of people here, and I'll do it in a minute. But first, I do want to say, and I will bring this up, I'm very, very interested to see, Tom, if we can get lined up properly. Uh, I am not going to reveal company secrets here, but if there was a frustration of mine, it was that late into camp, we still had some days where that was a problem. Yeah, And uh, this is going to be a real test for a new coach, basically. Um, You know, when you think – about Patrick Sertan coming here, and and you know what what we think he's going to mean for this secondary, it's been largely uh, praiseworthy uh, in the way that he's flipped the mentality and the aggressiveness with which they play the ball. But man, this is big time college football now, and you've got to get guys lined up, and there have been some uncertainties at times that 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 could rear its ugly head. Not everything has been one hundred percent great all the time. So mm-hmm. uh, just it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, because, you know, I want to give you context for everything where we can and the ways that we can. And that was one thing that I don't know if it bothered you, but I kind of was like, man, uh, we, we have some days where this is a problem.
1: Yeah, it bothered me more with the younger kids, which is understandable. But at the same time, I think they are trying to do some different things. And I wonder if, you know, you get to a situation like this and it's, all right, I didn't love the consistency with which we, we pulled off X idea. Mm-hmm. So let's scrap that for this week, and we'll work on it for Southern Miss and Boston College. Let's see if we can circle it back for for Clemson. Yeah, uh, But you're right. Uh, it's very easy to spot before the ball is snapped, take a look in the defensive backfield, and see if guys are pointing and doing all kinds of nonsense, and they're jumping up and down and looking at the sideline. like These are the things that mean I don't know what to do here. Um, but if LSU is shifting and there's motions, then that's normal. So if LSU's got a bunch of guys moving around, I know Malik Neighbors, they like to get him in jet motions and things like that. That's fine. That's normal. But if they're stationary and you're looking at our guys looking at each other and and trying to figure out where to be, that that would be the red flag.
0: This may not have been asked and answered already, but if not, what did you all think of Deion Sanders' comments? That's from South Georgia Knoll. Appreciate you, South Georgia Knoll. Guys, if you've listened to the Jeff Cameron Show over the years, I don't know how to put it any more plainly. I'm not a big fan of Dion, um, and Dion is about Dion. And so anything he can do to grab more attention for himself, he does. Uh, I don't, you know, it's turned out to be a crazy divisive thing over the years. Whenever I rip Dion, people get flipped out. Uh, I've always acknowledged that he is a truly special talent. Uh, He is uh, arguably the greatest corner in college football history. Uh, Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, So there's never been any denial of his greatness as an athlete. You'd be a fool to deny that greatness as an athlete. Uh, I don't necessarily love the way he goes about his business. Uh, Lion King writes, chances that Jordan Travis completes over 70% of his passes this year. Oddly, pretty high, I think, actually. I I think he has a chance, uh, certainly has a chance. Normally, uh, we certainly live in an era where it's possible for a quarterback to do that easier than in yesteryear. And he's got so many weapons and so many teams that will be outmatched wanting to keep things in front of him so he could end up having, uh, in in front of them, uh, he could end up having a a really, really, really absurdly high completion percentage this year. I I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, Probability of this being Atkins last year, writes Dylan. Uh, I don't think so. No, I think he will be back next season as well. He loves it here. He is not going to take just any old job. You guys may remember, and I hate to compare him to a a current Gator coach, but Billy Napier passed on job opportunities. He passed on opportunities to be a head coach elsewhere um, because the situation in his mind wasn't perfect, wasn't right. He wanted to have his philosophy aligned with the athletic director and the president of the university. They had to see the world the same way and how to build a program and what timeline that would look like. And I guess it worked out for him when Florida came calling because everything turned out to be right for him. Money, and I guess they agree about the process of building. We'll see if it works or not. But Atkins is similar in that he's not – I mean, he's already had a chance to go be a head coach. Yeah. Um, he's had a chance. He, had, he could have been one at the end of last year. Uh, we know that a couple of schools inquired about him. Uh, unless I think it's a can't-miss offer, Tom, I, don't, I, I think he'll be back. I think, I mean, he's not going to just settle.
1: No, he's he's the antithesis of Walt Bell in a good way. Yeah. Uh, I would put it that way. And then a footnote on the Jordan thing, dudes are going to be open. So 70% is doable when dudes are wide open, and you've got a lot of them to throw to.
0: Yeah. Eric Rode, is the ETSU kicker still on the team? Oh, yes, of course he is. Keltner's still on the team, and he will continue to battle with Fitzgerald. I think it was a great thing to bring him in. It clearly pushed Fitzgerald. I thought, by the way, the um, uh, I think it was Ira wrote. This on in WarChant.com that it was or or actually Mike, I think, referenced the fact that it was the closest position battle on the team. Yes, he did. Um, so you know, you guys can laugh at me and say this is an ETSU buy. The head coach brought it up. I mean, it really was. I mean, some weeks Keltner was the better player, uh, and some weeks Fitzgerald was. I think it was by the uh skin of his teeth that he won the job, and that's fine.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I think if it's a fifty eight yarder with three seconds to go in the half or the game, I think Keltner's coming off the sideline. He's got the stronger leg.
0: Yeah, yeah, without question. Um, This should be FSU's money tour year. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, When did this start? 7 o'clock, by the way. That's from Mike. Uh, Mike, just so you and everybody else know, thanks to our friends at the Battles Inn, I would tell you that we're going to be here every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. So make sure you like and subscribe and uh, set it up so that you get the, uh, the bell, the ring, the notice, whatever the hell it is what the kids call it these days, Tom. The, is the, the bell ringing?
1: Uh, uh, they, they call it the whatever the hell it is. That's yeah, what they call it. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's what it is. Hey, you got your whatever the hell it is set up? Uh, <laughs> so do that, and, um, you know, there we go. Uh, this will be fun for us to do every week at the Jeff Cameron Show Interactive Hour. It'll be good. Uh, hi, Jinx Rates. Hey, fellas, off topic, but. What the heck happened to the Tribe ride? Enjoy coming to a game two hours away, but the parking situation is horrible. If you don't have a pass, go Noles. I don't know what happened to the Tribe ride. Hey, Tom, we won't have – listen, I will, I'll, I will go with you here on hijinks. Two fingers to my eyes, two fingers to you, FSU. Now I'm watching you carefully game day. Now, we'll see – hey, listen, Orlando's Orlando. It's whatever. But when we come back home to Tallahassee, Florida, and we're going to a game at, at the Doke. Yeah. I don't want to see that nonsense that has plagued this program the last two years. This bullshit yeah. where we're sitting out here for <laughs> an hour and a half like a bunch of idiots, can't get in the stands. It's ridiculous. Let's go. Let's pick these tickets and keep it moving.
1: Uh, that's one thing. I don't think it's technically two words, but I'll say it in, with a southern draw Wi Fi. We need better Wi Fi. Please. Oh. You can't enjoy the Wi-Fi if you can't get in the stadium, Tom. Let's go. Let's, let's get stadium, So wait, Wait a minute. So for the first quarter, the stadium Wi-Fi should be perfect. There's uh, yeah. nobody's there. <laughs> a bunch of desperate people
0: standing shoulder to shoulder uh, like sardines outside trying to get into the damn game. I'm like, can we just go back to the 70s where I physically hand this chick a ticket? Um, anyhow. Rip. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, man. This is We're supposed to be more efficient, not less efficient. Get it together. Open the other gate, too, by the way. This gate One gate's open. The other one's closed. We got a big-ass entryway. Let's open them both. Let's That's- go. Let the people flow right in.
1: All right. Any old-timers out there? By old-timers, I mean, long-time JCS listeners, if you have opened the gate, the old soundbite, from the AM station with Journey playing in the background, please email that mp3 to us because this is something this is like the paint job for you and i love that you're correct in this sense but we need to be able to hit open the damn gate and i think that would work
0: i'm done with it i'm so done with it it makes me mad uh yeah man zach bryan sings a song called open the gates and i it's like um and it's i want you can crank that if you want to i'm open the gates uh Laugh out loud, Jeff Cameron's way of pacing yourself on game day. Uh, (laughs) uh, That somehow got skipped. I don't know what happened there. Um, Oh, don't get hammered too early. Yes, that is correct. Those are the Cat 5s. That's the Cat 5 maintaining all that good stuff. I don't, uh, you know, I don't usually, and it's kind of in bad taste fresh off of a hurricane, but (laughs) I don't normally uh, proclaim a cat anything for away games. Have you noticed even, that?
1: Yeah, even neutral site, too. You don't really, not for the neutral sites.
0: No, I don't really. Um, for the most part, I I don't. I kind of just, uh, I feel like when you're out of your element, you're not home. When you're at another stadium, you're already got to be kind of aware of your surroundings um, and, and in a way that you don't necessarily when you're home when it's your backyard you know you can let your guard down a little bit when you're surrounded by friends and family that live in the same city you do they're gonna make sure you get to where you're going um whereas eh, you're on the road man things get loose people are all looking out for themselves so i think you should know there's no way it should ever be a cat it shouldn't be a cat five unless you're playing you know like it's a massive game and a like you're gonna be somewhere for like a week but none of us are hanging out in Orlando much more than a couple of days.
1: That's correct. And, you know, if it's a really big game, like a playoff game, it's self-evident. It, like that's you don't even need to declare it. It's it's a playoff game for crying out loud. Get it together. Keep it together. I
0: mm-hmm. uh, agreed. Yeah, let's let's everybody keep it together. Did I miss any more uh, questions here that you wanted to get to, Tom? Yeah, I'm just
1: so I'm going to, I see what you're doing with the chronological. So I, I'm I am like bookmarked where you've been so I can rifle through them. If you want to answer a lot, let's
0: of rifle questions. through a bunch of them. Get, get to them here. I, I started way back there and now I realize how far behind I am.
1: Yep. So rock and Noel is on the screen now about the revenge tour. That's what he wants to know.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I guess at the earliest I would embrace it is, um, and I've, I, I don't know, man. The revenge tour was so self-evident when I proclaimed it that in 2013. It just seemed so obvious that we were going to ass hammer some people and that it was going to be so ugly. And I was tired of having dirt kicked in our face in the back alley by the likes of Wake and teams like that. Noticed that we, you know, we had sobered up. It was time. It was time to get it together. We we're no longer hanging out by the dumpster after one too many. And they caught us, they caught us slipping. Um, everybody knows we're not slipping now, but are we dominant in that way right now? Tom, do you think that I could proclaim it? I guess maybe after this game, the earliest I would do it is, is after this game. If Florida state beats the bejesus out of LSU and we already said, now listen, I want this on the record for the umpteenth time. We have said repeatedly, Florida state is really good. Yeah. This football team is really good. I've never backtracked on that. I said it coming out of spring and I've said it going into fall camp and I've said it out of fall camp. They're really good. They've got a lot of answers. The questions you can throw them all at us. And I've got a lot of good answers for you when it comes to personnel and game plan and all that. There aren't too many times you would ask me something where I'd go, Ooh, I'm a little, a little worried there. I gave you a hint at one of them. Uh, Maybe the interior of the offensive line and pass blocking. Keep a close eye.
1: Yeah. I For me, it's it's the interior of the offensive line specific to pass pro and then explosive plays against on defense. Explosive plays. I think down for down, they're going to be OK, but they might give up one too many home run style plays, gash runs, deep passes. But I think they're going to create more turnovers to counterbalance that. And I think for most of the games and maybe even a game like this one on Sunday, they could be dominant up front on the defensive line. If Braden Fisk does to LSU's interior offensive line, what he's done to Florida States, this camp, this defensive line is even without Daryl Jackson is like crazy. It's scary, scary. Good, but I got to see it. It's just when you have this, the, the spears on the helmet, you're going against each other every day. It's hard to know what you're actually watching, especially with Braden Fisk being a newcomer. Uh, Another question here uh, is about Nussmeier. Do you think you'll see him in the game? That's 100 proof football. I say no. I think
0: the game. Um, I mean, you you know, obviously coaches have to monitor their quarterback. And for some reason, Jaden Daniels is a nightmare, is a mess, is struggling with Florida State's pressure and throwing in the double coverage. I mean, a coach can pull a quarterback at any time in those situations, but that's a you got to be careful when you're pulling your starting quarterback in game one. Um, You're going to have some issues if you do that, by the way. Now, I will tell you again, this is where we can't know some things that I find fascinating. And that is like, you know, how in love is he with Jaden Daniels after last season? There are all kinds of people that felt like Nussmeyer was going to be the better quarterback at some point. Maybe maybe Brian Kelly feels that way. I don't know. But given Jaden Daniels' ability to make people miss and to avoid a pass rush, I would think he gives you the best option to win this football game by being out there. And I think Florida State's going to get pressure.
1: Well, and once again, Emery's not available for this game. I think he was suspended last year, and then Brian Kelly announced that he's not going to be in the running back rotation today at his press conference, so you're down. I don't, I
0: don't feel like any of their running backs were all that special anyhow. I wasn't worried about that.
1: But if if you think he's your best player, then all the more reason to have Daniels out there on the field is yeah. would be my point. Two over unders. Uh, Garrett notes that it's 175. Po- 179.5 passing yards for Mertz tomorrow. What would you set it out for Jordan Travis against LSU? Jordan's Passing over under. If you were Mr. Prop. 250.
0: Okay. You like 250?
1: I like over 249.5. So, yeah, absolutely. Rushing yards over under 65. Under. Yeah, sack yardage too. I, I don't think he's going to get sacked often, but I mean that can that can take fifteen off of, of it.
0: That's kind of my thought. I think he'll run for close to that, and I took off
1: sack yardage.
0: They don't need him to run as much, so I don't. Now, if, if it goes, if, if it goes if,
1: over, it's because there's a fifty yard touchdown, right? Yeah? yeah. Like if it yeah.
0: goes, it, if it goes over, also it means that they are getting some pressure on him, and he's got to take off and make a play. Um, yep. you know, I don't think this is because they're calling it that way
1: great name for a, a poster hillbilly reefer uh is it realistic if we lose to lsu then run the table to make the playoffs with the weakness of the acc it is, real,
0: it is realistic yes to go 11 and 1 and beat clemson twice you could make the playoff um you're not assured to do so obviously anytime you lose a game you're potentially putting that decision in somebody else's hands um but no man i think uh i, I think i know i think we're good evening jcs helps my evening farm chores go down thanks boys hope everybody uh good down y'all's way is he kidding
1: (laughs) i think till the land that might be a callback to the sec network promo or the uh
0: actually doing farm chores while listening to this that's awesome uh seth writes looking forward to the live events and hangs in orlando fellas excited to see the tight end room seems like all three can block and catch so might make defenses think a bit. Nice to have good tight ends with a coach that uses them. Go Knowles. Seth, thank you, first of all. Secondly, you're right. Yes, indeed. It's been a dream of mine for a long, long time. And so now they got it. Now they got guys. Now they got guys. Here we go. Um, hey, I do want to say this. I Because somebody referenced it before we came on, and I'll draw attention to it. I never shy away mm. from this. And it, we were just talking about a farm a moment ago, and it got me thinking about it. So on headlines, when we were talking about the, the, the thing that we all inherently do when a storm is coming our way, we all don't want it to hit us. But by definition, when you say you don't want it to hit us, it has to hit somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so it, we all engage in this behavior where you know that you're saying, no, please, anywhere but here. And then you might say, have it go, hit Louisiana. Have it go hit so-and-so. Have it go hit south of us or north of us or east of us or west of us or whatever. And I said at that time, have it hit Perry. Now, damn it, Tom, if it didn't just hit Perry. (laughs) And the reason wasn't because I had some sort of vitriol or hatred towards the fine folks of Perry, but because it's rural. And I'm not wrong about that. There's not a whole hell of a lot in Perry. Let's not kid ourselves. Now, I don't want anybody to get hurt, and I don't want property to be destroyed or people's livelihood to be devastated. Of course I don't, but I did say that, and then there are people are like, damn, Jeff, you must be psychic. You had that thing hitting Perry, and then it hit Perry. Well, It's got to hit somewhere.
1: Obviously, you're not rooting for anybody's uh, you know misfortune. Uh, right. However, in an unrelated note, completely unrelated, I would like to ask you, uh, can you say, come on, Florida State, can you win by 40? This this weekend can you win by forty points? <laughs> Come on, Florida State! Can you just win by forty
0: this weekend against LSU? At least now we have it on record, right?
1: Also, uh, a nice job by Seth there to tee up the promos for the weekend. There's a lot of stuff coming up. You want to tell the people? Or you want me to?
0: I will tell the people. War chant live in Orlando. Seminole headlines live meet and greet 4 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, live show at five o'clock. It will be at Hooch, which is the Wall Street Plaza downtown. There's a bar there. Tom, you'll be the first of the crew here at Warchant to be able to see that bar and get in there and do all that good stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. There you go. So come on by, say hello, and then me and the boys will sit sit up there and and do some talking as we're wont to do. It'll be fun. And then on Sunday, the game game, uh, day, uh, the pregame show with Tom and myself, we love doing the pregame show, and we're really excited to – do it at wall street plaza there at hooch uh, from 12 to 2 p.m on sunday uh that's well in advance of the game obviously the way the scheduling works that's when we're going to be on the stage uh should be a great time looking forward to doing that post game show if you're in the area there wall street plaza downtown uh if you're walking around you see hooch come on by and say hello we'd love to see you um want to hang out and have a cold one with my fellow knowles and Let's get excited about the upcoming game in the season. So those that's that's the plan in Orlando. That's where we'll be uh, looking forward to it. Jordan writes, uh, fellas, happy game week. Who has the big game on our offense? Go Knowles. I'm going to say Jaheim Bell. Mm-hmm. I keep picking Jaheim Bell to have the uh, the big game, uh, aforementioned tight end, who I think is a matchup nightmare. I, I think they're going to be well aware of what Keon Coleman is. I know they're well aware of what Johnny Wilson is. Um, you know, I, I think that they'll – have an idea to try to slow down those kinds of receivers. But Jaheim Bell is a different different deal within this offense because you have so many options, and he's going to get one-on-one coverage, and I think he's going to exploit that.
1: I think it's a really good pick. Uh, Another question about the defense is who's going to spy Daniels? Is it going to be Shaheem Brown or somebody else?
0: I'm not spying him. Yeah.
1: I agree. And if you do, use Deloach because he did pretty well last year.
0: If he's if he's got that same shot out of a cannon speed that he had last year, yep. um, I mean, we'll see. I've what seen about? a lot of LSU reporters saying that we don't have any speed in our secondary, and they think they're going to blow the top off the defense. Your thoughts on that? I don't know where those LSU reporters would get that. I don't. Where where would you think that? First of all, let's just go player for player. Uh, Fentrell Cypress uh, was uh, an, an all-conference corner for Virginia. You saw him um, as a dominant corner for them. Uh, he, he can run. He can run. Uh, is there? You know, are we talking about world-class speed? No. Um, but solid technique, good player. Azare can run, played, played, played receiver in high school as well, can really run. Renardo uh, Green is a physical corner. Uh, you don't really associate him with great speed. He's a sure tackler. Um, but we have speed at safety. We're fine there. Shaheem can run. Um, I don't. Yeah, no. I think we're we're good there. Do we trust Akeem Dent? Not really. Uh, I have a feeling that at the end of the season, Knowles and Conrad Hesse will be getting the majority of those snaps. Me too, Phil. Me too, Phil. That's a fair assessment. Yes, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, I think um, replacement level. Like he's 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 not a negative player. Akeem Dent. I'm talking about, but. You know, there's there's a lot of guys that might be able to take you to a different level by the end of the season. Yeah, I Jeff and
0: Tom, will uh, will we have a letdown season next year? After all, our stars leave, or will we be fine? Well, I've argued before we got into this discussion that Florida State won't be as bad off in 2024 as it appears to be because they're recruiting well and they'll fill some holes in the portal again. I think the quarterback of the future is on the roster. Uh, in that I think there's a good chance Brock Glenn starts for them next year, and I like him a lot. Um, I think that Morlock will be back, so you will have a tied in. Um, You know, I think you got – you're going to lose some guys. You're not – the season for next year, it wouldn't be a letdown. You just lose valuable personnel. How much you can replace that personnel with plus players will be a gauge as to what kind of success you can have. But I, uh, there were people – before we started spring camp that are like, well, they better win it all this year. They better win the conference this year because they got no chance to be good the following year. And I, I pushed back on that. I don't think that's true. I think Florida state can be a good football team the following year, but they are loaded this year. They are loaded this year. That's why we made fun of urban Meyer's comment because urban clearly is not paying attention to what Florida state is or is currently comprised as right now. This is a team that's built to win right now. Next year they'll win some games and they'll be good. They're not going to be a six and six team next year, but they're not going to be the odds on favorite to go to the college football playoff either.
1: Ah, but there are 12 slots. You never know. You that's never true. know. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. Uh Matt writes over under for game one. Jordan Travis 263 and a half passing yards. Johnny Wilson 70 and a half receiving yards. Trey Benson. So are you so so Matt, are you playing prize picks? Is that what you're doing here? <laughs> uh that makes me laugh. I said, what did I say over under 250 for yeah. passing
1: yards? Give me 15, 14 more. You got 14 more in you from Jordan?
0: Oh, uh, I don't know, man. I just think they're going to be able to run the ball too.
1: Wow. So, oh, wait, were you going to take the over on 250 or are you going to take the under? So you're going to take the taking...
0: over on 250.
1: So it's 257. You're just like, you're right there. That's where he lives.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am Johnny Wilson, 70 and a half receiving yards. Uh, you're going to go over. I'm going to go under.
1: Yeah, I think more attention is going to be paid to Keon, therefore over.
0: Keon's a freak. Uh, Trey Benson, 90 and a half yards rushing under FSU secondary. Do they get a pick? Yes, they will get a pick. Yes. Three.
1: Three? Tom's got us beating that ass, boys. <laughs> there I don't you know. go. It's silly season. I just did a lot of lawn work today, so who knows?
0: Um, yeah, if we if we have three picks, you'd call this. It, it is over. It is over. Somebody pick me up for the v- revenge tour, wrote Melissa. Um, <laughs> I, I I will be there with bells on, Melissa. Beeping the horn. Hop in. Let's go. Bring the family. Uh, what are we? Uh, so did FSU get to practice today? I don't know.
1: As I understood it, they might have moved the time. It was close to us the whole time. It was it was yeah, close. we weren't gonna to be you. able to go right we get to go back tomorrow. And I haven't seen anything based on the weather. Cause I mean, we're both in Tallahassee right now and we're fine. Uh, that, that would bar us from, you know, attending practice as scheduled tomorrow. So that's how we, that's how we understand it.
0: The old three picks from T Lizzie. How about that's the story of the night on this, our maiden voyage, JCS interactive hour uh, brought to you by the battles end. Does everyone score over 40 points on Sunday?
1: This is a good one to end on. Cause it, it, yeah. Are you feeling the 40 burger? And what temperature would you cook it if you are? Well, the games are shortened. Yep. Mm-hmm. But
0: I still think so. I like forty-one. I do. Woo. My goodness. I think I said forty-one twenty-four, and I think I'm going to stick with that.
1: Well, if they get three picks, then they're going to score forty. It's just we'll just put it down. Put it down. Yeah, in they, got,
0: they got to make sure they, you know, obviously on the uh, uh, in the red zone, you got to, you got to not, yeah, you got to be efficient in the red zone. <laughs>
1: I think LSU is trying its damnedest to shorten the game. So I think, you know, 34, 34, 38, somewhere in there. I think that's the range. Yeah.
0: I went 41-24. I just have a gut feeling I'm going to go with. I, I hate picking scores. It's so ridiculous. But, yeah, I'll go uh, 41-24, Florida State. Um, I'd really like to, you know, I want to I wanna celebrate. I mean, I want to be midway through the third quarter and be like, uh, like this is over guys. This this is LSU is reeling. They're on the ropes. If they don't score this drive they could get blown out. So just so you guys know and I could bring this up tomorrow on a Redemption Thursday. But uh and we're getting ready to sign off everybody. It's been a a, a very successful dip into the YouTube War Chant uh, audience here for a Wednesday night show together. I'm excited about it. It's awesome. Thank you. Um make sure you uh you know come back next week as well and listen in tomorrow but i uh i'm going as a fan tom oh all right so i'm doing the media stuff with you and 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 the fellas on saturday and sunday but i rented a house my wife's coming to the game my old roommate matt Britton and his lovely wife are coming to the game we're all staying at this nice crib it's got a pool tom we are getting loose you're welcome to come on by, and then we're going to tailgate afterwards and get after it.
1: I was going to say, uh, I'm waiting on the address. Drop drop it in. But uh, I will be, as I usually do, in Orlando and then not going to the game because I'll be doing the post-game show at a bar. I don't want to drive to that game and then have to deal with all the nonsense to get back to the bar half. I'm going to miss some of the third quarter. So. I'll be be watching on a television.
0: It's an interesting role that you play in this group here, Tom, and I'm thankful for it. But, buddy, you miss out on these opportunities. Now, damn it, when we go to the playoff, you're going to have to go to the game. You're going to have to go into the game. You can't be half-stepping, taking it to the couch, Jeff. Um,
1: (laughs) Well, and if we go to the playoff, I I feel like it's going to be Pasadena. Thank you, Troy, uh, our guy, Troy. uh, Thank you, Troy. That's
0: very nice of you. Um, Hey, listen, if we – if we go to Pasadena again, God dog, Tom, you and me on the four Oh five going 80 after a big win, <laughs> cranking some petty, getting ready to go to the LAX bar. I I told the story and I know we got to go. I told the story. Uh, did I ever tell the story on the air? I think I told you off the air of me getting to meet that guy who was a session drummer after you left.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm surprised. Um...
0: I've never called him back. I feel bad.
1: I'm surprised that you remember the conversation so vividly. I'll put it that way. Oh,
0: buddy, I do. And it was awesome. (laughs) And I still have that guy's card. I don't know. Like, it's been, you know, 10 years. (laughs) I I don't know if he's alive, but I should give him a call and be like, dude, are you still breathing? We're coming back out to Los Angeles. You said you were going to take me to all these musicians' houses. Let's go. (laughs) Like, I just re-
1: remember the skinny bartender guy who snuck me the uh, styro cup full of margarita,
0: which was awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I did. I'll cop to it. I chucked it when I got in line. I couldn't, cause I was ready to go to bed. I was not about to put that in the folding pocket of the seat in front of me and then have the styro crack and then have the whole plane smell like margarita. That's well, how you get real.
0: No problem. Having the plane smell like margarita.
1: Uh, I wrote to have two Auburn fans. So, uh, and, and, uh, an equally inebriated man who sat next to me and fell asleep on the plane. He, his wife got to sit aisle. What the hell is that? What an awful trip for you all the way around, sir. But, uh, he fell asleep like this with his, with his head right in his hand. And it, it was, uh, it was, it was amazing.
0: There's not much worse than, um, trying to fall asleep on a plane. I had a guy fall asleep when I flew recently back from Ireland who had been out all night at the pubs and he was flying to Charlotte, North Carolina. He was American. He had been there on business and he was, he smelled, it was, um, it was unbelievable. And I looked over at him and he was just, (laughs) we hadn't even left the tar. I'm like, come on, man. This
1: is not what we're going to no, no. do. That was, I remember us taking off and we had to go out over the Pacific before looping around. And it was, um, it was through Philly. I think we went through Philly then to Atlanta. That's where I arrived. I woke up as we were landing and I'm sure it. I could feel the dirty looks around me, but I didn't care. I was a national champion.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I know. I know. I didn't care either. I, but I, that was tough. I, I just remember walking right next to Paul Feinbaum who was, two feet tall and a bucko seven
1: and jay glazer right Wasn't yeah the other?
0: Jay glazer yeah yeah that was hilarious all right we got to go man we can keep chit-chatting we'll do it tomorrow on the jeff cameron show thanks so l's. much everybody don't forget uh is wake up war chant going tomorrow they got a show tomorrow
1: yeah tomorrow 6 p.m but w's and l's going down tomorrow on the l's
0: l's. tomorrow as well on the jcs should be uh should be awesome also by the way uh a dolphin of the cap to the battles in for all of their support the things we do on the JCS, appreciate them very much. They're sponsoring the interactive tour. Go to thebattlesin.com. Get signed up. Give a little bit. Join the club. Let's uh, let's make sure Florida State's playing in big games like these moving forward. Uh, Certainly the Battles Inn helps greatly in that cause. All right, Tom, good work, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good rest of your night. Sleep well and uh, be well, everybody. I hope you guys are okay. We'll talk to you tomorrow.